With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello again and welcome. It's uh, the Ken 7 podcast and uh, Liverpool have just beaten West Brom in the most extraordinary fashion. Um, and that's chat to someone about it. And joining me on the line is Paul Dalgleish. Paul, how are you doing, Paul? I'm good, mate. I'm good, Gav. Very, very good. What? I, I mean, I'm almost lost for words. What, what the hell was that all about the other day? I mean, you've got a goalkeeper going up and winning the game for you in the last minute. I mean, you're talking about the 95th minute of the game. First of all, have you ever seen anything like that before? Um, obviously, it's happened before, uh, but it's never happened with my team. Mm. You know, it's never happened with a team I support. And and I think, you know what, it's funny. It, it's, I think, I think when you come so close to having something taken away from you and then you get it back in the most unexpected way, it makes it feel better. You know, I think I've, I've, I'll be honest with you, mate, like that, that goal was probably celebrated with more kind of energy and excitement and passion than winning the league. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so because we knew we were going to win the league for months before, yeah. but like the, you know, the, the giddiness, like the, you know, giggling like kids and jumping round is, they're the moments you live for in football. Yeah, of course. You know, they're the, they're the moments you live for. That was like, you know, winning on a penalty shootout on steroids. Yeah. You know, it was like the last minute fucking deciding penalty. But it, but it was just better. Yeah. Because it was so random. And then the whole, the whole emotional aspect of it, with, with what Alison's gone through in his personal situation and seeing how happy he was and emotional. I mean, it, just everything about it was just like, you know, you, you look back on a season where you go, it's not always been the best this season, but that just makes you feel good to be a Liverpool fan again and just, you know, remind you how great the game that we love is. The, the interesting thing, I mean, I don't want to get massively into the European Super League, but part of the reason why we fought against the European Super League as a, as a fan base and not just us, all the other teams as well, yeah. but for moments like that, because that game means yeah. nothing if we've already qualified for the Champions League. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reason why we love football so much is the highs and the lows. I mean, had we have won that game 4-0, we wouldn't feel as good now no. as, we, as we feel now, would we? No, no, and that's it. Like honestly, mate. Like we, we, I say all the time that the best way to win uh, a game of football is a last-minute winner. Mm. You know, because you, you know, you can you can sell that in the dressing room in a positive way. Uh, the players come in buzzing because you, you've got to think that for the last fucking however long of the game, your heads up your ass. Mm. You know, when you're thinking, fuck it, we just. Just one chance, just one chance, just one chance. And it's like the, it's the, you know, the anticipation of that moment. You know, it's the build-up. It's the, you know, to the crescendo. And then all of a sudden it happens. And wow. It's just amazing. You know, it's amazing. Like that's, that is, football's about 
the build-up of emotion resulting in a, just an explosion of either happiness or sadness, <laughs> you know, and, and that's it, mate. Whereas, yeah. like, you know, you look at a lot, a lot of other sports, especially I'm based over here, you look at basketball, you look at football, they score all the time. Yeah. You know, like in basketball, they, they, there's like, the score's over 100 to over 100, mm. you know, and then you, you've got football where it's like 47, 34 or whatever it is. So you you don't have that limited amount of opportunities to, to, uh, to have that crescendo. Yeah. As a, as a yeah. 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 From, from a coaching point of view, um, is it hard to get players to believe like you can imagine from a coach's point of view, if you put you, you, yourself in Jurgen Klopp's shoes at some stage, our players don't got bigger feet than me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You look really like a clown at the moment. Size yeah. eight about, I look like a clown. Feet <laughs> yeah. um, like Ali Bongo. <laughs> you, um, if you, if you, from a coaching point of view, is it, um, the team will, will have gone through a stage this season where they didn't believe. Like, if they were getting beat, they probably were trying but didn't believe they were going to get a goal. Do you think that the might now... You need experience to change that. And do you think in the last couple of games we've got that experience? Do you... all, all the experience changes is you know that you can come through on the other side. But it doesn't make you feel any better in that moment. Um, you know, you know that you can come through it. You know that it can turn. But it, that's all it gives you in that moment. The only, the only way that you can get back to form is by playing well. You know, it's not, it's not complicated. It's the only way that you can get back to form. Um, you know, the only way that you can get, if you're, if you're going through a drought, the only way that you can get back to form is by scoring goals. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's not complicated, Gav. I think all that experience does is helps you manage that moment. Um, and I know that you've been through this situation before and you can come out the other side. Um, but you still need to perform, you know, and, and, and I think that in, in more in scientific terms, Gav, it's about without sounding too fucking preachy. The, when, you, when you're lacking a bit of confidence or things aren't going well, you're thinking too much and you're thinking about everything. Oh no, if I do this, this might happen. If I do this, this might happen. You just overthink things. And then you, what it does, it actually slows down your decision-making. So like you look like you're getting a chance and you maybe snatch at it or you maybe try and do something too clever to try and get out the rut. Um, whereas when you're, when you're kind of in the zone, if you like, or when you're in form, you, you don't think as much. You play much more automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it, mate. That's it. The the but the only way that you can get back to that is by really is by doing something on the pitch that gets you back in that state of mind. I had a feeling you were going to start telling me all about the left side and the right side of your brain. Now. I'm just trying to get, give it in terms you'd understand, Gav. You know, I know. You know <laughs> I know you never finished school, Gav. Never went to university. You know, I did. So Whoa. you know what I mean. I mean I'm, I'm the educated one, one here. And look where I'm we both are. <laughs> Let's, uh, before I go b- go back to the goal, because I want to get your thoughts on the actual goal, because it's a it's a it's an incredible header. What I wanted to ask you was just just sort of on, on what we were talking about. Do you think this season will benefit us in the future? We're talking about experiences, and this team have had some incredible experiences. They walked off that pitch in Kiev, having got beat by Real Madrid in a terrible fashion, and then next season go and do it. It doesn't hurt them. It doesn't. In fact, it makes them stronger. 
I have the tendency to think that once this team came through this bad patch this season, everyone needs to watch out because they're gonna they're gonna be even better for that experience. Was that would that be something you agree with? What I would say is the players that have come through at the Nat Phillipses, the Reese Williams, you know, the the whoever else you want to throw in there that have, have played more minutes than what they would normally will now be much more confident going into next season that they know that they can play in a team that can challenge at the top of the Premier League. But you've also got to remember that, you know, if you take Van Dyke, Gomez, uh, Jordan Henderson out of, you know, th- those three, that level, you know, two England internationals and the best centre-back in the world out of any team, um, it's going to affect results, you know. We can all, we can all, we can all kind of think all we want about, you know, oh well, we should be able to cover. But not everyone's like Man City, where they've got two players in in every spot, um, and we're not, you know, we're not. Um, so, I think that yeah, it will help the squad players. Um, you know, I think it's been a great season for Jones to to come through and and, and feel more confident, Thiago you know, competition for places. But it's a scary thought when you've got Van Dyke back, Jones back, Mane back to good form, you know, Firmino back to good form, Thiago settled in for a year, uh, Fabino back in midfield, Henderson, you know, it looks like we're going to lose Wijnaldum. But no, it's, a, it's a great situation to be in. I mean, it certainly looks like Thiago has, has now played his way into form and he look, looks more comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's something to do with the fact that Fabinho's playing in midfield with him. He certainly mm. looks like he's showing the type of form we expected from him now. Do you, do you agree? I never doubted him, mate, honestly. Like, I, I, for me, I think I've looked at him and he's just different to anybody else we've had in midfield in, in recent years. I mean, there's certain players that pass the ball and it's just, it's just different. You know, it comes off his foot different. His his awareness to to always uh, look for space and to always be in space and always have time is is it's top top level. And then even what I was more surprised about than anything was is the amount of interceptions he gets. You know, the amount of times that he he actually intercepts the ball and wins it back. I wasn't expecting that. I, I thought he was a pure baller. Obviously, I hadn't seen enough of him at, at buying to to know what he was. But defensively. I was really taken aback by how game he was. You know, he makes fouls sometimes, you know, or, or, or he gives away free kicks. Um, but just his, his, his desire to defend, I was, I was really surprised. I, I think he's one of the top midfielders in world football, Gav, and I think we're just lucky to have him. And I think it might be, you know, a, you always look, okay, he needs to settle into the team. I think that the other players need to get used to how good he is as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he can play passes that nobody else in our midfield can play with all due respect to them. Mm-hmm. They've got other qualities. So our guys need to go, well, no, he can play that pass. Mm-hmm. He can he can actually, if I make that run, he'll find me. Yeah. And start making that run. So it, it's a two-way street, Gav. He needs to get used to them and, and, and uh, uh, he needs to get used to them and they need to get used to him because he is such a unique player. And it's not like you can have played with a Thiago-level player before. Mm. Just before we go, uh, <clears throat> carry on into the agenda, what did you think of the goal? Amazing. Amazing. Like, it was... But, you know, he came up so nonchalantly. You know, like, it was so, it was so like, just <laughs> floppy, laid back. He just came up and you're thinking, you know, and, and it was like, I don't know it. 
he didn't look like he attacked it that aggressively, but it just come off his head like a cannon. Mm. And it was like, oh my God, John Toshak has, has, has come back to <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> it was amazing. It was what an amazing, amazing header. I mean, it was like perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You know, even his movement, you know, well, his body shape, he shaped his body around it, didn't he? It was, hey, it was amazing. Like, I'm genuinely thinking, like, you have, uh, you have a, a goalkeeper on the bench, right? Last 10 minutes, throw Toshak up, you know, throw Allison up. You know, we don't need to sign a target number nine late doors in the game. Throw Allison up, take, change, make a sub, take the, you know, put him up, put He's another goal in. Oh, mate, that'd be amazing. You know, like, you know, goalkeepers have come up and taken free kicks and penalties and all that shit. Well, why can't we have a, like, hybrid target striker? You know what I mean? Get the ball into, get, feed the bear in the box. You basically have a red shirt with one on the back. Yeah, yeah. just waiting. Ready. No, but it's got to have the Superman sign on the front. You know what I mean? <laughs> And he just he just goes like that. The black one comes off. Superman comes out, and then it's like, <laughs> he rips it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just rips his goalkeeper shell, runs up the pitch. Someone gets dragged Love off, it. goes in goal, and then we've got Super uh, Allison. We could have Allison and Super Allison. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the one minute trailer right there. By the way, <laughs> done. I have to think about that one. Um, so we've got ourselves in a fantastic position. I mean, who'd have thought this eight games ago that we would be where we are? It's in our own hands. We win the next two games. We're in the top four. Done. Brilliant. What do you, are you nervous? You believe that we're going to do it? How, how do you see the next two games? Taking in, into account the, you know, the Burnley opponent, and Palace, right? Burnley and Palace. Burnley, first game back with 10,000 fans. I think it, we've only got ourselves to blame if we don't go and do this. You know, we, we've, We've put ourselves in a position where it's in our own hands. We've got Burnley and Palace, with all due respect, two teams we should be beating. You know, the probability is that we should beat those two teams. Um, uh, but we've got to go and do it now. We've got to go and do it now. You know, Leicester and Chelsea are going to take points off each other. Um, so it's it's an amazing opportunity. You know, we don't need to win the game in the first five minutes. We just need to m- make sure by the end of the game that we, we've got more goals than them. You know, nice and composed, nice control. Um, and, and yeah, we should. Like, without, you know, if, I think if, I don't know, I, I'm not really a betting guy, but the bookmakers, I'd, I'd imagine we're favourites now to, to qualify with the two games we've got left. We're the form team, aren't we? We're the form team. Well, we've, out of eight games, six wins, two draws. The last eight. Yeah. But also the, the level of opposition that we've got. Now, that, as you know, that means nothing in football. West Brom, you wouldn't have expected them to give us such a tough game with the form we've been in. Mm. But they did, you know, and, until the last minute. And you, sometimes you don't get what you deserve in football. So there's always a risk. But we, you know, we're quietly confident as long as we turn up on both days that we can we can get the victories. Mm. Good. Um, looking forward past that, the transfer window. Um, you know, you 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 probably look at our squad from a coach's point of view, and you obviously, I'm I'm guessing from the amount of time that you played Championship Manager when we were kids, you probably um, have a little eye on what you do as a Liverpool manager. Where do you think that we need to strengthen? I think I think Jota was a really good addition up front because um, he can play all front three positions. Um, we probably need one more um, up there. 
um, as well, just so we can rotate a little bit more. Um, I don't particularly think we need to invest in, in central midfield with Jones, with uh, Thiago, with Henderson, with Fabinho. You know, I think we've got really good options there. And if it was, it's only really depth. You know, you look at our two centre-backs, um, if they fit, Gomez and Van Dijk, top, you know, Trent, Allison. It, I think at this stage, it's only really, unless a world-class player became available um, that, could, that was better than what we've got, it's really getting our team fit and then maybe adding a little bit of depth um, but you know there's very few players in, in world football that can improve the team that we've got now that that might be available I mean I, I think so I saw something today Harry Kane might be available but great player would in my opinion improve us but is he the right type of profile that, that Jürgen wants I don't know um, you look at Haaland you look at Mbappe you know top world class players but how many players are there really that are better than Salah, Mane, Firmino, Thiago, Fabinho, Van Dijk uh, when they're in form in world football? We've got we've got Wijnaldum going out. So yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Eves Basuma and I, I actually watched him play a full game the other day and was was impressed, Was to be honest with you. He, he, well, who's your three? He well, that's what you've got to think about. Who's your three? Right, but, who's your three in there? The, so you've got the, Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago. Yeah, so but then after that, I've got Cater and Oxide Chamberlain, who are not fit. Fit Jones, yeah. Milner. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's like I, I just look at it, Gavin, and go, "Okay, all you're doing is if you collect players, then it's very difficult to keep them happy." You know, I know Jurgen doesn't, by well, by all accounts, doesn't like having too many players. Um, he likes to keep it quite quite tight. But I, I would just say that, you know, if you look at it, Phillips has been outstanding. I think we could find better than Quebec, if I'm honest. I know he's done okay, but I think we could find better than Quebec. I'd probably look at bringing some depth in at centre-back. Um, so you'd keep uh, Phillips and sign one other? So we had five? Because I'm not sure Gomez is going to come back, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, for the start of the season, yeah. No, I'd, look, I'd, I'd definitely look at a centre-back and then... Yeah. Potentially, you know, who's what happens if I think we can? I think we could look at a right back as well, you know, to back up to back up Trent probably. Um, just for depth, though, Gav. You know, unless unless um, unless Jurgen's got every confidence in in Nico Williams, which he, he might have, you know, because my my thing is, if you spend money on depth, it's going to take away uh, money that you can spend to bring in. You know the difference between a good player and a great player if you're bringing in a squad player. So I think that without knowing the full transfer policy, if we're actually going to go after like a statement signing, whether that's possible in the current situation, if one becomes available, um, rather than take what's available, I'd rather save the money and wait for what we really, really need. Um, and that would be mine. Let's... You know, there's only there's very few players that can improve the Liverpool team when everyone's fit, uh, and the ones that can are really, really expensive. Mm. So what you might see, you might see a policy of signing, you know, the Harvey Elliotts. Well, I was going to say Harvey Elliotts coming back, isn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, but you, you know what I mean? So look, who's the next Harvey Elliott and wait for them to come through? Yeah. You know, because it's, it's easier to keep a player like that happy that has the potential to become a great player uh, because they don't expect to play every game um, initially. But then you get the benefits of them further down the line as some of your senior players get older. So, um, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would probably go in that direction, sign some younger ones as, as depth um, that have the potential to become top, top players and then save the money for a world-class player that can improve as if they become available. There is, a, there is an issue that sort of is quietly ticking over in the background. A few people on podcasts have mentioned it, but it's the age, the average age of the squad. Yeah. Um, and I think what you've said there about bringing in some young players, I mean, that, that would certainly help. I mean, the, the lads, all, all the lads up the front are the wrong, getting closer to the, the age of 30. You've got Henderson, um, Van Dyke, nearly 30, Milner, obviously. So you, would you think that they'll do some work on that? Thiago. Thiago as well, yeah. 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 So you've got you've got a few. You've got a few, but it's a nice balance at the moment. And then but in a couple of years it's all oh, the team's getting old. You know, I think the way that Michael Edwards works is he will you know, maybe that's the reason why they didn't want to re-sign Wijnaldum to the money he probably wanted to to stay, is so that you know they, they understand that it's it's a process where you can't have your whole team getting old at the same time. And also Liverpool are maybe one of the better run businesses in, in world football when it comes to transfer strategy. Um, and they understand that you know, when a player's peak value is and when they start declining in value um, and then when they demand the most amount of wages and when the wages start, you know, at a younger age, the wages are lower and as they start getting into the prime, the wages go higher and then they start going down again at the end. So they'll be they'll be looking at everything about when does it make sense to sell, mm-hmm. even if it's a top player, uh, and when does it make sense to to re-sign? Good stuff. Um, just before I let you go, how, how's everything going on with the team? You you've won two and uh, lost one, haven't you? At the start of the season. Yeah, the yeah, we we won two and lost one. It's it's very very early in the season, and with the, the stop start nature of the preseason that we had with 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 COVID and games getting cancelled and. These first few games have really been almost an extension of pre-season. So we, we're, we're really pleased with um, large aspects of where we're at, but we've still got some things we need to improve on. Um, I'm, I'm a, you know, it's a great bunch of guys, Gav, to be honest, and they, they just want to keep learning. So it's, it's, uh, it's a really enjoyable group to work with, and I'm no doubt that we're just going to keep improving as the season goes on. Stuff. Well, listen, mate, thanks very much for uh, for joining me. And if you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to click that subscribe button and the like button and uh, to get the future broadcast. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. He's big. He's red. He scores, goes with this head. He's Alison. <laughs> He's Alison. He's big. He's red. He scores, goes with this head. He's Alison. He's Alison. To be, uh, to be heard on the cop very soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Podcast Network.